0: Thank you for that. Thank you for being in your place tonight. Uh, Apparently there was supposed to be a hurricane. We got a tropical storm, and thankfully we didn't get a lot of rain. But thank you for being in your place tonight. I know we have the school meeting in a little bit, so I'm not going to go long tonight. But keep your Bibles open to um, Ephesians there. We're going to look at some verses there. I'm I'm, kind of dovetailing a little bit off of what we spoke a little bit about Last week, last week we talked about not quitting. We talked about Paul and Corinthians and all the things that went on with him and how he could have quit, but he didn't quit. And um, Paul had every reason to quit. We looked at that last week, but he found God's resources to keep him from quitting. And by the way, we, and I mentioned I'm not going to go back over. I'm just a couple minutes of, 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 of foundation here, and then we'll move on. Um, quitting is very easy to do. It's also the worst thing a person can do. Um, you know, things get tough and we're going forward. You think, well, I'll just stop doing it. That, that never fixes anything. And by the way, what we do when we quit, we're setting ourselves up for our future to continue to quit when times get hard. And it, it's, look, when, when things come our way, it's not going to be the only thing. And so uh, we went over that last week, and I'm not going to uh, uh, belabor that. But we do quit sometimes. And really, the biggest thing that we lose when we quit is... Uh, People that quit don't see fruit. You know, fruit takes time. And you have to be patient. You have to be willing to go through whatever that process is to, to get to fruit, and people lose out. I've see, seen people lose out because they quit in ministry. Not just I'm not talking about paid ministry. People quit on their families. They quit, and they miss out on life's blessings. Now, last week, we spoke specifically about Quitting in general when it comes to living a spiritual life. But there's another area where a Christian will normally quit first before they get to that point in their life, to where some people, the, the end, the, 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 not the end game, but the bad ending would be we quit on, we quit on God completely. Um, but usually that comes in steps. But there's a place where we usually quit first. And I want to talk about that in a minute. One of the greatest pastors of our generation pastored over 100 years ago, about 100 years ago, his name was J. Frank Norris. Uh, J. Frank Norris was, uh, by the way, he was a very fearless man. Uh, this was back in the time he, he pastored in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and uh, it was time with Prohibition and a bunch of other things. And he would call it out in his church. He would mention names. He, he would have sermons entitled... Two bankers, two bank presidents in our city who are cheating on their wives. That was his sermon title. He goes, I'm going to name them tonight. Uh, Now, he didn't get a lot of friends that way. Uh, But he was very fearless. He, He, at one time, one time, pastored the two largest churches in America at the same time. Now, that was before airplanes and all of that. He pastored the largest church. One was uh, Temple Baptist Church in the Detroit area, and the other was, I think it was First Baptist Church in Fort Worth, Texas. He'd just go back and forth. But early on, his first church was that church in, in, in the Fort Worth area. He took the church in 1909. It was a very affluent, well-to-do church. And the fact of the matter is, all, the, all the, uh, the rich people and all the high-enders in town, that was their church. And so when they hired him, it's like, we don't want you to rock the boat. Just come in here, you know, keep everything nice. And, and they paid him very, very well. He said he drove the best car, he had the best clothes, and, uh, and they just didn't want him being confrontational. And he wasn't for the first several years. It started to, to get on his conscience and it started to bother him. And he decided, you know, if I'm not going to be a real pastor, I'm just, what am I doing here? And he went to his wife and he said, honey, I've decided I'm going to quit the ministry. Now, thank God for good wives. She looked at him and said, you might as well, you haven't really been in it anyway. Now, he got a little charge from that, okay? And he stuck it out. And because of that, we hear him today. You know, there's always going to be reasons to quit. But the opposite of quitting is when we are remaining faithful to God. That's our goal. The Bible talks a lot about faithfulness. In Proverbs chapter 20, it says, verse 6, it says, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. It's hard to find people who are faithful. They're just in it, and they're in it for the long haul. They'll be there when they're supposed to be there, doing the thing they're supposed to be be doing. And they won't just do it today. They're going to be there down the road for years to come. Also, Jesus made it kind of, uh, Timothy made it clear that it's kind of prerequisite to discipleship. He said in 2 Timothy 2.2, he said, and the th- telling Timothy, the things you heard of me... Uh, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. He said, Timothy, the things that I'm teaching you about Christ and living the Christian life and living for God, you're supposed to take those principles and you're supposed to teach them to people and the prerequisite would be faithful people. It, mean, it takes faithfulness to serve the Lord. 1 Corinthians 4.2 says, Moreover, it's required in students that, stu- stewards that a man be found faithful. Of course, we are stewards of everything that God has given to us, and the main characteristic we ought to have is, let's be faithful. And then he rewards it in our service. Luke 19, 17, he said unto them, Well, thou, well done, thou good and faithful servants. Because thou hast been faithful a little, thou will have authority over ten cities. The, and we won't go over the story, but the man was faithful and he rewarded him. I want us to look at quitting from the angle of being faithful in serving the Lord. The book of Ephesians tells us of our riches we possess in Christ. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 would be the theme. He goes, Blessed be the God of our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Do you know if you're saved, you have an inheritance through Christ and you have blessings that God wants you to have in your life? You ought to live spiritually rich. Now, I'm not talking about financially, but you know what I'm talking about. But the fact of the matter is the average Christian lives spiritually poor. We have those riches because we are in Christ. That's what he's telling us. In chapter 1, he describes all the riches that we have in Christ. Now, when he gets to chapter 2, he's going to go somewhere. He's going to tell us of our position in Christ and of our salvation and how wonderful it is. In verse 1, he talks about who we were before we were saved. Look at verse 1. He says, and you hath he quickened who were dead and us in trespasses and sin. You know, all of us before we were saved, we were dead. We, we were sinful and we had no, our, our soul was dead before God and we were on our way to hell and we had nothing good inside of us. But that changed when we received Christ. Look at verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. He says, you were dead in your sins. You were, you were, you were dead, and, and he brought us back to life in Christ when we trusted him, and now we have eternal salvation, but he didn't stop there. He didn't want us just to understand that in Christ we have riches and inheritance. He also wanted to know that we had a not just wealth in Christ, we had work that he wanted us to do. Service. Look at verse 10. For we are his workmanship, Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. He says, "You're saved, and of course, it's great that it changes our eternity, but there's a better, bigger purpose to that. We serve God. That's built into salvation. Now we're that, that's the, the, there's two things that God wants for us after our saved, and they really go together. The first thing He wants us to do, he wants us to be soul winners. He wants us to share the gospel with those who are not saved. Matthew still says, go ye therefore. Uh, uh, Acts tells us that we are going to, we shall be his witnesses. Jesus told us the one who we are to emulate that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And he told his disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You, look, you cannot get away from the fact that God wants us to get the gospel out. You can't. That is our job. That is our responsibility, and we cannot shirk it. By the way, I'll give you a plug. I'm very excited about our soul winning training uh, coming up. I don't know the exact date. I know it's the first Saturday in October, and I hope our whole church will be there. We need to learn. We have no, if you go to our church, you have no excuse to not understand how to share the gospel. You don't. We have opportunities, we have people you can go out with, we provide training, you can share the gospel. But more than that, in and in a, in really tied into that, he wants us to serve him. Acts chapter 26 verse 16, we read it last week, but it is still true. Paul gives his testimony of his salvation, and wrapped in his testimony of salvation are those two things. Acts chapter 26, verse 16, I'll, I'll quote it to you. You can look at it later or look at it now. That's up to you. He said, but rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, God talking to him at his salvation, to make thee a minister, a servant, and a witness, that's soul winning, both of the things which thou hast seen and of the things which I will appear unto me. God wants us to serve him. We just spent all summer teaching about that. Uh, Brother Joseph put a nice little bow on the package on, on Thursday, and I'm glad I'm hearing about people that are saying, hey, I want to find my place. By the way, if this is your church and you are a member, you need to find some place to serve. You do. Well, I don't know what to do, Pastor. That's why you have a Sunday school teacher. Come talk to me. Uh, I've had people come. Hey, I want to get involved. I want to do this. That's how it works. God wants to use you. Titus tells us in chapter 2, verse 14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. That's our salvation. And and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Let me ask you something. What are you excited about? We ought to be excited about serving God. You say, Pastor, I don't understand that. I'm going to tell you why you don't understand it. Because if you're new, you may not be doing it. But once you do it, you get excited about it. He tells us we should be joyful. Psalm 100 verse 2, he tells us, serve the Lord for with gladness. You say, oh, but pastor, I, I have a family. It's kind of, you know, I'm busy. Joshua dealt with that. See, we love that verse, and most of you probably have it on your house somewhere. I, I know in the past we've had it. But as for me and my house, keep going. What does he say? We shall what? Serve the Lord. Serve. That means do something for him. Well, you know, we just sit around, we just have our little thing, I'm taking care of. That's great, do all that, but we're supposed to serve. Get them involved. So here it is. Serving and soul winning go hand in hand. And by the way, as I mentioned, if you're not serving, get involved. There's plenty of places, but here's the problem. A lot of people start and then they stop. See, we haven't quit on God but we used to serve and we don't. We used to share the gospel and now we don't. By the way, that's the first step to getting to what I talked about last week. You have to be very, very careful. Satan doesn't come to us and say, Look, God's a liar, blah, 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 blah. You just need to quit serving him. That won't work with us. I mean, you're here on Sunday night in a hurricane that didn't show up, but you're here. On Sunday night. So you get that. So he's going to have to get you to take steps to start headed down that road to where eventually you might walk away from God. So let me share a few, a few thoughts about four of them, very briefly, about why people quit serving God or they quit soul winning. Very simple. Number one is this we forget how wonderful salvation is. We do. Now, the context in what he tells us to serve is in the context of our salvation. He's telling us, these are the verses. If you soul win, if you've talked to people at the gospel, you've used these verses. Whereby grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. You, you've used these verses. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Well, what's he saying here? Our salvation's a big deal. We shouldn't forget, boy, well, that was pretty weak right there. I know that you're in hurricane mode, but come on, you're still saved. I was joking with my wife. We were driving to church, and when we got around the corner, I said, man, I'm, I'm glad we made it in a hurricane, okay? By the way, we, we may get hard rain later, and probably all of us will float away, but we lived in Tampa. That's rain. When that, it rained, you couldn't even see, but thank you for being here. But, but, but we, we need to understand our salvation is incredible. It changed everything. You know what we're really, now we may get it now. You know what we're really going to get it when we step into heaven? It's like, wow, this really was, this is, we can't even, I I don't think, if you want your brain to spin, think about heaven. It's just going to, you can't, I I can't even comprehend how wonderful it's going to be. It's that good. But we forget how wonderful our salvation is. I hope you understand your sins were forgiven. Your destination was changed. One of the reasons we should want to serve God in soul is because Of the salvation that came to us because of the soul winning, and I mentioned it on Thursday after your message, and the soul winning of others. That's why you're here today. If it wasn't for somebody else, you would not be saved. You would not be here. And I'm not putting the thing on them because Jesus saved you, but you understand the point. They brought the message to you. They served so that the message could get to you. And you know why they got the message? Because someone brought it to them. There has been an unending stream since, since Christ was on this earth and Christ left this earth of people telling one person how to be saved. And they told somebody and it went down the line and down the line and down the line. And here we are today and we have the same wonderful message of salvation. But when we lose the wonder of salvation, I guarantee you we're headed down the road to quitting on God. What if no one had ever brought the gospel to you? What if no one had ever served so that a church can have ministries of soul winning? God's grace and salvation is so wonderful. He said, for by grace are you saved. Our faith and salvation is in a response to, is responding to God's wonderful grace to give us our salvation. We don't deserve it. Nobody deserves salvation. That's why he says it's not of works. We will never be able to get to heaven and say, I deserve to be here. We're going to get there and look around and say, wow, I'm glad I'm here. But we forget it. We forget how wonderful it is. As I mentioned in verse 1, he says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. And then you look at verse 2, 3, 4, and 5. To save time, I won't. But we were in a mess. Our lifestyle was dominated by sin because we didn't know Christ and we weren't saved. And we were rebels and we didn't have any future ahead of us. We may have had a future. And even if we had a great future on this earth, our eternal future is a train wreck. But he saved us by his grace. And it was also God's great gift. Not of works, and, it's, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works. We don't do anything for salvation. Had someone come by our house. Many, many years ago, we lived on Rock Sand. Some of you remember the old house over there where we, years ago we lived. These ladies came during the day, and I was working out of our home that day. And they started to talk to me, and I, I knew where they were going. They were going with soul winning. And I'm like, hey, you know what, hold on. Let me save some time. I like what you're doing. I like where you're going, but I'm already saved. I've been saved. I told them when I got saved. I said, man, I appreciate you out here knocking on doors. And they said, hold on a second. They're like, have you done this? And I'm like, well, yeah. Like, okay, that's important because that's a work of righteousness you need to do to be saved. And I'm like, oh, Titus says not by works of righteousness, which we do. And they kind of gave me that look. They, they like you trust Christ and you got to do stuff. I'm like, that's not salvation. It's God's gift. What if I gave you a gift, Brother Pineda, I'm going to give you a gift. You song laid last week. Thank you. I give you a gift, and I'm like, hey, I need 20 bucks for that. Is it a gift? No. And if you give me 20 bucks, I'll get you something worth five dollars, and I'll call it profit. But God gave us a gift. We don't do anything. Man, if we find something wonderful, we want to share it with people. But when we lose the wonder of our salvation, we start to head down that track of why should I talk with anybody else about it? Not only this, we stop being changed and we choose sin. Now, again, we're talking about why we don't serve God. Look at verse 10. There's a lot wrapped up in this, and I can look, we're going to look at other verses. For we are his workmanship. You know what that word means? It means a new product or thing that is made by the work of God, the creator. You're a brand new person. Now, we're a brand new person the moment we got saved, but there's a lot of details we have to work on. And God's going to chisel on us. And he's going to work on us, and he wants us to constantly be changing. That's a concept, by the way, that's lost in modern Christianity. See, when God saves you, he changes you, and you should be different. What we're trying to do is say, look, you can be a Christian, and it doesn't matter how you live. Just live your life and do your own thing. That's true when it comes to salvation. It is not true when it comes to sanctification. Because after we get saved, he wants us to be conformed to the image of Christ. He wants us to be like Jesus Christ. That means he's going to change us. We are going to, we'll never be sinless, but we will sin less. And that starts that process in our life. 2 Corinthians says, uh, chapter 2, verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Basically, new creature says a new creation, kind of like what the workmanship says. That was a word they would use of somebody that turned from idolatry to the true God. Now think about that. If somebody turned from idolatry to the true God, they didn't keep the idol. All the the trappings of what they did as an idol worshiper, they threw out and they became a God worshiper. There was a noticeable difference. But what we're trying to do is say, look, you can trust Christ and you can be a Christian and you can still be exactly like you were before you trusted Christ. There's a word for that, heresy. It's not true. And I, I believe it. We have pushed this concept of come as you are. And I agree. But I don't agree that if you get saved, that you stay as you were. God wants, and so as we start that process, we are, we start to get a, we, we, it's a matter of, and this is a message for another day, I have preached it, it's a matter of subtraction, offloading some things, and it's a matter of addition, taking on some things, right? And so we start that process, And God works in us and he changes us. So what happens? We stop doing the things that are wrong. That's our selfishness, pride, arrogance. That's our sin, the things and the disobedience to God. That's what we do. We start doing the things that are right, serving and soul winning. Do you understand? Both go hand in hand. You can get all cleaned up. You can, there were things, you know, the things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. That's great. But if you're not serving God and you're not soul winning, you're also wrong. We have to do those things. And we, God cleans us up not so we look good, He wants to bless our life. Don't get me wrong. We learned that this morning when we talked about obedience, but He wants us to be different. But here's what happens if we're not careful. We start that process, we get in on God, and then we start to go backtrack. You know what? We start doing the opposite. We start doing the things that are wrong, and we stop doing the things that are right. Can I tell you which one of those we usually start first? We start doing the things that are wrong. And then that keeps us from doing the things that are right. People say, well, you know, pastor, I know I'm not serving like I used to, and I know I'm not sharing the gospel, and I'm not sharing my faith like I used to, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm, I'm a big sinner, and I'm not saying that, although I will say this. There's sins of commission, the things you do, and there's also things of, uh, of omission, the things you're not doing. And just because you're not doing this thing that is wrong doesn't mean it's okay for you to not do that thing that is Right? which is serving God and sharing the gospel, and among others. So you have to be very, very careful. And I guarantee you, if you have done that in the past, if you've not done that in the past, I'm not not chipping at you, Uh, I encourage you to keep growing and get involved in these things. That's why we have opportunities to serve, and that's why we have soul winning training. But if you've been here a while, and you're doing those things, and you're starting to push them to the side, be very, very careful. Be very, very careful. And sometimes it's just a matter of we're allowing sin in our life. That keeps us from serving God. Remember, why did Demas quit serving God? The Bible tells us that Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. You know, he was one of Paul's laborers, companions. He traveled with Paul as Paul visited these places and shared the gospel and started churches. And now he quit. Why? Because he loved the world. Why? Sin got in his life. Sin and serving cannot coexist. Oh, they may for a while, but can I just tell you something? Eventually, one's going to overrun the other. You may plant a garden, and the garden might be okay with a few weeds, but if you don't tear care of the weeds, you know what happens? They keep growing and they overflow, and you no longer have fruit, and it's going to kill your garden. That's what happens. And there are, I guarantee you, there's people, they just, I want my own thing, I I don't want Look, it takes spirituality to do spiritual work. Number three, we neglect our relationship with Christ. Verse 10 again, we're a new creature, how, how do we become a new creature? Created in Christ Jesus. Unto good works, that's what we're supposed to do, but that's created in Christ Jesus. That creation starts at salvation when we are in Christ. But it continues as we transformed and we spend time with Christ. Everything we do for Christ needs to be tied to our relationship with Christ. And that stops. And you might keep serving and you might keep soul winning and it might go on for a while, but eventually that's going to end because you're losing the power that you need to serve God. You need to spend time with God. And let me just say that. The step to going backwards, to step to backsliding, is when you stop that personal. What are you talking about? I'm talking about spending time with him alone in the Bible. Prayer. Not just church. Church is great and wonderful, by the way, and that's important. But do you spend time with God? Do you have a relationship with him? Like I mentioned this morning, I would have a horrible relationship with my wife if we only saw each other once a week. And some of you think that's what church is. We see each other every day. I'm not going to go without seeing my wife. And I don't want to go without spending time with God. And when you quit doing that, you eventually are going to lose that energy. We start to go... I understand, but I've been doing this a long time, and people will start getting away from God. Their relationship with God is not what it is, and they always got to blame somebody else. I haven't heard this in a long time, but some, you know, people sometimes go, well, you know, pastor, I got to find another church, go somewhere else because I'm not growing. What a a fake thing that is. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to leave my house because I've not been fed. Well, I know where the fridge is. Uh, now, they make dinner, but I guarantee if they're, sometimes, you know, it's like maybe they got a, a task, and they're all out of the house, like, hey, you know, we're doing something tonight, we're helping over here, getting a thing at the church, so, so uh, like, hey, I'm like, I got this, I know where the food in the house is, I can handle this, I'm hungry, I'm going to find it, don't worry about it. But people say, well, you know, I'm just not being fed, that's your responsibility, It is. It's funny though, when someone says that, if they were honest and you'd ask them, they're usually not faithful to church, they're definitely not soul winning, they're definitely not serving God anywhere, they, put, they got some things in their life, they're listening, watching, or with all that stuff, but it's the church's fault. You know where that all starts? I'm going to tell you where it starts. You grow through your relationship with Jesus. You got to spend time with him. You need to be at church, and, I, and missing church is not a good thing. I'm not saying it isn't, but I, can I just tell you something? Don't just say, well, I come to church, I'm okay. You need to spend time with God. And if you don't, it's going to hurt you. By the way, it hurts God. You know, hey, are you only going to come visit me on Sunday? I mean, what, did you? Did, was, was, there a, was there some kind of breakup with God? You got your visitation rights on Sunday? No, you can be with him every single day of the week. If you're not growing in your faith, and I'm not trying to be mean when I say this, I'm trying to encourage you. It's your fault. That didn't sound very encouraging though. But you know what I mean. Okay? It's you got to. If you're not growing closer to Christ, then you're growing farther from him. If you're not growing closer to Christ, you're growing closer to the world, I guarantee it. And if you're not growing closer to Christ, you are glo- you're growing closer to leaving him, to quitting on him. Because our relationship is tied to what we do with him. Don't, 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 don't settle like, in some of you in here, look, let, let me be, let me, I appreciate you. We got a lot of people that serve. We got a lot of people that share the gospel, not just during our soul winning times too. But let me tell you something. If you're doing all of that and you're not spending time with God, I implore you, don't think it's okay You can't spend time with God. And you'll never ever sit up here and say, well, pastor just says, as long as we're serving God, as long as we're doing that, no, 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 no. You better spend time with God. Okay? You can't serve God without spending time. Lastly, we reject God's purpose in our life. Look at verse 10 again. The last part of the verse, which, talking about good works, right? That's what we're talking about. Not quitting serving him. And, And wrapped up in that is soul winning, which God hath before ordained. That we should walk in them. You know, when he's talking about walking in them, he's talking about how we live our lives. Just part of how you live as a Christian needs to involve serving God, and it needs to involve soul winning, sharing the gospel. That's just our life, that's just what we do, that's just who we are. That's God's purpose. We try to make it all, you know, well, God's got to speak to me about this. He has, it's in the Bible. Well, I need a purpose in life, and I get all that. I know there's a specific thing God wants each of you to do, a person to marry, all that stuff. I get it. But let's fulfill his main purpose. What's his main purpose? He wants us to serve him. That's his purpose in our life. By the way, sometimes we're, why doesn't God tell me other things about what he wants me to do? Because we're not doing the things he specifically told us to do. Why would God tell you other things, reveal other things to you, when you're not doing the things that he's just flat out laid out to you? That's God's purpose. And no matter what you do, listen, I'm I'm admonishing you, get involved with serving God and don't stop. Keep going. This world needs it. I could sit here for hours upon hours and hours on end and tell you what's wrong with this world and how bad it's getting. I mean, it just seems that anything a person who has a, and I'm not talking about from the political side, although you can, you can put it that way, anybody who lives a conservative type of lifestyle, which a person living the Bible would live a conservative type lifestyle, anything we're for, all of a sudden is now bad. Child trafficking, pedophiles, pornography, you know, all the stuff they're pushing in the schools. Thought I'd throw that out there. In our school systems, starting at age five, uh, two genders, right? It started with, like, creation. You know, we didn't come from an amoeba. We didn't come from a tadpole. They're way past that. They want to bring our children in and question their identity. But all that nonsense, that's not of God. God. So, so we need, back to the regularly scheduled message here. We need to follow God's purpose in our life. Find what God has for you, yes, but serve him. Share the gospel. Don't quit. We quit because we're forgetting everything that God does for us. Let me say this. We become used to things. See? We can't look at the world anymore and see how horrible it is because it's just bec- we're becoming numb to it. One of the curses of social media now is that we see all the things that you didn't ever see before. You can see bad things, people being hurt and all this stuff. And so now, and especially those of us that are older, we may get it, but especially those of you who are younger, to you it's just something you viewed on a screen. It's just something that, that's here and it's not real life. And so we become callous to people and their plight. God wants us to serve him because this world needs it. You may have seen the little video, speaking of social media, of I don't know if you heard the three men were in Maui and the fires were, were blazing. I don't know if you saw the, and they're driving their car and they're trying to get away from the fire and the smoke. And as they're driving, five, ten feet away it, it, away, away from them is a lady laying on the ground. She didn't look like she was burned. One of the guys in the car says, hey, hey, let's pull over and see what's going on with her. And the other guy says, no, 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 she's dead. We can't help her. Let's go. Now, I'm not picking, I mean, I know their lives were on the line, but we've become callous. And by the way, for those guys, I'll say we're not men anymore. That's a message for another day. But we're calloused. Let me give you one more story. We're done. I got this from Joseph, but I've, I've read this before and I've used it before. In the 90s, there was a widely circulated photo. A man named Kevin Carter was in one of the African countries and where the children were starving and it was, there was a drought and it was really, really bad. And there was a, a United Nations food center and he he he. As he was getting ready to leave, he noticed a little girl. She was very small. You may have saw it. I mean, just tiny. And, and you know the skinny, and they're they're dying of malnutrition. And the little girl couldn't even walk, and she was kind of crawling. And there was there was a, a, a vulture right there, waiting for her to die. And this guy snapped a picture of that. He won a Pulitzer Prize for that. And he was being lauded for his wonderful picture showing the suffering in the world. And he went around the, he went, his name was Kevin Carter. He went around the, the television show circuit being interviewed. But unfortunately for them, he was being interviewed once and someone asked him a question which bothered them. No one else was asking. They said, hey, whatever happened to that little girl? And he said, you know, I don't know because I had to run and catch my plane. He could have easily taken her to that food center. But he got the picture. This started bothering his conscience. In a matter of probably, I forget, within six months after he took the picture, he was dead. He committed suicide. But you know what happened? I don't want to get on the guy too hard, but it's like, that's our society. We we are becoming accustomed to seeing the misery in our world and seeing everything that's going on around us, and we can just wipe our hands of it. It's just a picture on our phone. It's just something that's happening to somebody else. But listen to me. This world needs us. We have to serve and get out there. We have, and, like, and even people that don't have those problems outwardly, they need Jesus Christ. If they're not saved, do you understand what their eternity is? But we become callous. We forget all the goodness that God's done to us and we quit on him. Let's not do that. Let's take it seriously. You say, Pastor, you know, our church is pretty full. Why, why don't we just be content with that? I'm not content with that. Amen. Until everybody in this city's reached, ten percent. Did you say, ten percent? Claim any type of, uh, of, of. I don't know what you want to call it, religion, Christianity. That means there's a lot of people out there. Why don't we stay on on point? Why don't we these peripheral things? And do what we're supposed to do. Let's stand together this evening. And bow our head and close our eyes for a minute if you may. I don't like quitting anything that's right. But I do know this. I don't want to quit anything that I know God says do it. And he's really specific. There's a lot of things. Don't get me wrong. But he's really specific about two things that for sure he wants in our life. He wants us to share the gospel and he wants us to serve him and we serve him by serving others. That's a fact. That's built into salvation. That's that's, that's like what we do when we get saved. That's why he's left us on this earth. So let me say this, what are you doing about it? And I'm not trying to condemn you, don't, don't get me wrong. We have newer people here and maybe you've never done it and I'm admonishing you, get involved. We'll help you. There's places to serve. There's times to reach. There's a training coming. Maybe there's some of you, you are serving God, you are going out, but you're starting to lose energy because maybe you're letting some things creep into your life that you know is wrong. And you'll never enjoy serving God if that stuff hangs on. Maybe you're not spending time with Him and you're losing energy. Before you get to that point, get those things corrected. And there's some of you, you've backed away. Pastor, I've been here a while. I do this, I do that. That's great. But if you're not doing those two things, you're missing God's purpose in your life. piano's going to play tonight. If God spoke to you at all, why don't you come? Maybe we need to commit. say, Lord, I want to serve you. And by the way, I'm not trying to get you to serve him 150 hours a week in the church. You know that. But we need to find our place. We need to maintain We need to be faithful to our place. Take those opportunities that we have to be a witness for Christ. It's his work, but he uses us. He just needs someone willing to do it.